look at it. This is you submitting your deal to Comedy Central. I would like to get some insight on what exactly happened and the outcome. And then afterwards, if you can share advice for content makers who want to level up their work in hopes of being recognized by a large business from your experience, mm-hmm. like what you yeah, think. Yeah, so our, our experience, so I want, I want to answer that, that last part that you said first. I want to answer that first about the advice for other content creators. The advice I would say more than anything is work with people who are better, smarter, more experienced than you. The first year alone was like like a four-year master class in college of you know how to how to make TV shows and do it right. Welcome to your transformation station. station. Socrates once wrote, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. It's time to rediscover your true identity and purpose on this planet. Together, we can transform our community one topic at a time. From groundbreaking performers, making their elixir your dose of reality, your transformation arc. This is your transformation station, and this is your host, Greg Favaza. How you doing today, man? fantastic man happy to be here appreciate you having me i appreciate one is sending me the coffee you got a chance to try it yet yes i'm actually drinking it right now i gotta send you one of those mugs and oh uh, that's what's up i like that that's what's up what do you think of it i think it's exactly as it's described it's got that classic bold taste Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't I don't put creamer into it. I like to stick with just black and maybe I'll add a little sugar, okay, nice. but I didn't put yeah. any of that in there. I just want to make sure I tried the effects and see how it feels and how it tastes and everything. Mm-hmm. And it is really good. And very nice, uh, man. I'm glad you like it. Yes. Uh, I pulled up some research about it, so we will cover that later in today's show. I have, uh, as far as, uh, getting some scientific studies about the health benefits and then, um, I don't want to jump too far into it. I'm ready. Just going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll we'll cover every, all the important stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Trenton, you are a self-taught artist in content creation and a business owner of Riot uh, Comedy, which both you and your brother Dylan Hudson co-founded. Riot Comedy is best known for the online animated program Real Ballers. Also. The Lounge, which premiered on Comedy Central in 2016. Has it been stored and is it available on Riot Comedy is the very question that we need to know. Um, The Lounge isn't available on Riot Comedy. The Lounge is available on Comedy Central's website. You can go to their website and search The Lounge. Um, We did 20 episodes for them. It was like a two-season run on their uh, digital platforms. But um, as far as like Riot Comedy, yeah, you can still check out the Real Ballers and all that stuff, which is like a super funny show. If you're an NBA fan, Real Ballers is super funny. Um, basically just parody and make fun of the nonstop NBA news cycle, all the drama that's going on in that. And then lately, like especially since the pandemic came, we kind of shifted our focus a lot towards um, developing full length uh, animated TV shows. So right now, um, our focus has been a lot of reaching out to streaming services, production companies, things like that. And we have a couple projects right now that are actually like picking up some solid steam and gaining ground. Um, we actually, uh, we have a pitch with Netflix in like a month for one of our shows. Um, we have a show that um, we got some really cool people to work with us on it. We have a show where um, we have David Ketchner committed to the project. David Ketchner, if you don't know who he is, he is, um, if you've seen Anchorman, he plays Champ Kind, the the weather, no, the sports, Whammy. He's that guy. And um, yeah, Hello. Todd Packer on The Office, which I love him in The Office. In the, so he's committed to be the voice of like the boss in the show. And um, it's a super funny show. Adam Ray is also attached to it. He's an up and coming comedian. He's super funny, super talented, amazing voice actor. Um, and then we have someone else who has a little bit bigger name than those two, but she isn't like fully committed to the project yet. So I don't want to, I don't want to drop her name out there, but she did come mm-hmm. through and do a, she did a voice for us for free on one of our uh, like pitch points projects we put together for like a sizzle reel. 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of been our focus and we've, you know, we're inching closer towards making that happen and having a show on television. And then, you know, once that happens, then we'll start to branch out a little bit more and probably even produce a little more content for Riot Comedy on our online, um, social platforms and all that. But yeah, right now the focus has been making, making one of these TV deals happen. That is awesome. Like I want to go into that now. Let's, we're going to put that on hold Yeah, let's do it. and let's go into the beginning a little bit. We'll backtrack. You've had two heart attacks at the age of 21 due <laughs> to uh, the left interior descending, which is the LAD and aneurysm, which is uncommon in the American population. Uh, mm-hmm. essentially you could have died from this experience. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> essentially I should have, honestly, like the, it's, it's funny because the LAD is called the widow maker. So typically if you have a heart attack in that region of your heart, typically that kills you. So the bottom mm-hmm. half of my LAD, which for those of you listening, if you don't know the LAD, the, there's like four sections of your heart and the LAD provides blood to that bottom left section of your heart. So there's no blood flowing through there anymore. But luckily, before I had my first heart attack, my heart kind of recognized that something was up and started developing these arteries around it. So my heart, there's no blood flowing through my LAD, but these arteries that my heart developed on its own feed blood to that part of my heart. And my heart has completely normal function now. Like no issues. Like last time I saw my cardiologist last summer, uh, yeah, summer 2020. We did like every test in the book. We we did an ultrasound. We did um, the CT scan, like with the 3D digital imaging and all that. And everything looks super good. So I'm, I'm super lucky, super blessed. And the crazy thing is that whenever you have a heart attack, your heart never heals from that. So whatever damage is done is done. You just have to kind of live with that. And your heart has to, you know, try to make up for it or do without or whatever. But luckily, my heart sustained from two heart attacks, almost no damage. It was like it even took the tech a while to find it when we were doing the ultrasound and looking at my heart. And him and uh, my cardiologist both were like, you were like incredibly lucky that this is all that was done. It's like it's almost impossible to find. And yeah, everything looks great. So, yeah, I'm super blessed, super lucky. But yeah, quite a quite an experience to have when you're 20 years old to to wake up on a Sunday morning and, you know, you got chest pain. and You ain't thinking too much of it. Mm hmm. And then it gets a little worse and you eventually, you know, go to the, go to the ER and they, they admit you after, you know, sitting in the <laughs> waiting room for two hours. But, uh, yeah, they're like, yeah, you're having a heart attack. They went inside and looked at it and quite an experience changes your perspective on everything in your life. Yes. It was definitely a, a wake up call for you. You were pushed into adulthood, uh, quickly during this experience and that's where you you gave up on caffeine. You, you, at that point, you were never, you, you stopped taking caffeine altogether. Uh, it, it was a while. Honestly, I, I kept drinking caffeine for a while. Um, but I, I was consuming it pretty moderately. I, I've never been like a big caffeine person, but I love coffee and I love the taste of coffee. I love the smell. And, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. And then, and then I got to a point where it just kind of like started to bother me a little bit more. And if I have two coffees in one day, my, my chest, it's not like, a painful pounding or anything like that, but it's like, Oh, something's off in here. What, what's going on? So yeah, I, I pretty much gave it up. I haven't really been too heavy on the caffeine in a few years now. And like every, every now and again, I might stop and grab a cup of coffee if I got a long road trip ahead of me or something, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Otherwise so, I'd, I'd drink, I'd drink the korma. <laughs> Which brings me up to the next question. Why did you start your own coffee brand? Yeah, so I started this um, for people who are like me, people who either can't have caffeine or it bothers them, or maybe you just want to live a little healthier lifestyle. Like my mom used to drink a whole pot of coffee a day. Like every morning she'd get up, start a pot of coffee and sip on it all morning Mm, as she's getting ready. That sounds And now she has, doesn't it? (laughs) Now she has one cup of coffee and then she'll switch to Korma. And she said that keeps her feeling good all day and she doesn't have the crash in the afternoon and it feels great. Um, so I started it for people who just, you know, want to want to be a little more health conscious and or maybe you're forced into being health conscious because you have a heart issue like a lot of Americans. Um, and it's funny because I actually started making this for myself. Um, you know, I'm one of those people. Who I just kind of try to see how I can save different food things and seeds and things mm-hmm. like that. And I looked up what can you do with date seeds and you can turn them into coffee. And um, I got tired of making it for myself and wanted to buy it at the store, but I couldn't really find it. And, um, so I kind of saw the opportunity there to 
provide it for other people who maybe don't want to make it for themselves and also myself. Um, so, and then ours actually has, um, a little bit of chicory root in it, which is like this dark, bitter herb. And it's actually really healthy for you. Got a lot of great, um, components to it. And it's really popular in New Orleans. If you've ever been in New Orleans, chicory coffee is like really popular there. It's a staple. Um, and it balances the date, the sweetness of the date seed so well. And it gives you a pretty solid, pretty close to authentic coffee flavor. As far as like coffee alternatives, I've tried quite a few. Mm-hmm. I and like a lot of them are really good, but they just don't taste like coffee. So I looked and into I the the studies the of I looked into the studies of uh, date seeds extract being effective in scavenging free radicals in relation to specific diseases. I was able to yeah. pull, pull it up as far as as proof the date seed extract causes a noteworthy decline in blood glucose levels in a diabetic control in diabetic control rats. So they do a study off that, and what they take away is from reasons from palm date seeds could be used as food supplement that helps treat uh, chronic diseases, uh, renal stones, bronchitis, bronchial asthma, uh, weak memory, uh, blood pressure, relation to intestinal and uh, I can't forget what that was, and uh, growing up. <laughs> Uh, body proteins, reducing fat and normalizing blood sugar. And it's comforting for the pancreas. There is plenty of scientific uh, research to back that up as a very healthy alternative to what people is currently drinking today. Yeah, dates are considered a superfood. So when you take something from the seed of it, you're just, you know, amplifying those those properties and, and getting it, you know, at its most purest raw source, which is the seed. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's non-acidic. It's not going to give you acid reflux like regular coffee may for some people. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, it's great for your digestion, your brain health. Um, it's great for your skin. There's, there's so many benefits of it. So to, you know, I'm a, I love my morning coffee ritual or sometimes I do tea, but you know, I I love my hot drink in the morning, like a little before the sun comes up and Mm, to, to start every day with like, keeps me feeling good all day and something that I know is good for me. It's like, I love it. I love what it makes me feel. And I wanted to really be able to give that to other people. So, you know, that, that's, that's kind of how Korma was born. And yeah, so it's Korma is the brand with a K. So if you're, if you're in the, if you're trying to live a little healthier, have a, have a healthier morning to start your day and no crash, you know, I want to be able to help out those people that are, that are looking for that. I'm not, I'm not here to convince anyone to stop drinking coffee. If you love your caffeine and you love your coffee and you don't have any adverse effects, do you i'm I'm not here to you know convince you <laughs> but but if you're looking or if you want to just you know try try something a little healthier you know i want to be able to to help those people that are looking for that and i'll be sure to link everything here in the show notes as far as where to find everything from all your content your media and of course coffee uh let's talk about the the difference between your coffee and regular coffee and highlight some of the the side effects of uh, decaf coffee that people aren't aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously the biggest def- the biggest difference in our coffee and regular coffee is going to be the caffeine, um, the acidity. Ours is actually considered alkaline, so it alkalizes your body. There's no, it's not like I said, it's not going to give you acid reflux. It's not going to kind of give you those effects that that the acid can do. And also, um, like you mentioned, decaf. So the big thing about decaf that a lot of people don't know is the process that actually is required to decaffeinate coffee beans, um, which no one really discloses which method they use. And there is like one method that's, you know, getting more popular. It's called the Swiss water method. Mm -hmm. If you're drinking coffee that's decaffeinated with the Swiss water method, you don't really have much to worry about. You're pretty good. But there any other method, they use solvents that are more like more reminiscent of paint thinners and they have chemicals in them and stuff to draw that caffeine out. Mm-hmm. And um, like, you don't really, obviously you don't want to consume that. So, you know, you got to kind of do your diligence about which, which decaffeinating method they use if you are drinking decaf, but you're still going to have the acidity. You're still going to have trace amounts of caffeine. Um, so for people like me, I don't really, I try not to do the caffeine. And also I love chocolate. So I try to only get caffeine from chocolate if I'm going to have caffeine. So I, I try to, you know, pretty well, pretty well stay away from the coffee, but I do love it. I love the smell of it. And, but yeah, there's, you know, quite a, quite a few things. And like you just touched on, you know, 
um, all the all the health benefits. And there, there's so many things about coffee that it, it, it's it's tough to it's tough to know what's what because you see so many studies that are like coffee's bad for you, coffee's good for you. So what's what? You know, wh- where's the information coming from? Who sponsored that information? So. Yes. Which is kind of like, you know, did, did a did a coffee company sponsor this information that's saying it's good? Did someone's coffee alternative sponsor this information saying it's bad for you? Who knows? <laughs> you know, so it's like, yes. especially in the world we live in, there's so much, you know, misinformation and mistrust with what's, you know, put out as far as like science experiments and, mm-hmm. you know, just in, information in general. Um, so it's tough to, you know, just even know what's what. Agreed. And that's with uh, your transformation station. We're trying to highlight these uh, hidden facts and figures and really provide people with the statistics, the science, the research, and also the experts and their field and their craft and help them gain insight that wasn't passed along from previous generation or just their social upbringing. Mm. So as we transition forward, let's go into riot comedy. No, no, no. I don't want to go there yet. I'm I'm holding on to that. Like <laughs> yeah. before, this is right after you've just gotten your degree and you're an accountant mm-hmm. and you're about 23 at that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was 23. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is, this is like the beginning of the story. This, this is where the cartoons started. Yeah. And, um, quick, quick correction. I was working as a financial advisor. Um, financial advisor. So I, I didn't actually do any accounting. I don't, so don't ask me accounting questions. I will have no information <laughs> for you, anybody. Um, but, uh, yeah. So it literally started like I, you know, I was working for this company and it was a great company to work for. And I loved the people that I worked with and, and, you know, the, the management team that we had around us was great. And, but wow, I did not like it at all. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like the work I was doing. Um, I, it just wasn't wasn't it wasn't me. I, you know, I, I was in such a this. You know, the financial world is there. There's not a lot of space for creativity, mm-hmm. and you know, I consider myself an artist. You know, truly. Um, so, I literally called my brother one day in October 2013. And because I'm I'm sitting here kind of trying to figure out, okay, what can I do that I know I'm going to love doing forever, but also will provide me the kind of lifestyle I want to live. And I'd always kind of had this draw towards entertainment, but, you know, making movies or TV shows or anything like that requires a, quite a few resources. And like, e- even aside from money, like you either have to have the space to shoot what you want to shoot. Um, cameras are expensive if you want quality cameras, things like that. So, you know, I'm like, okay, we can do cartoons. We've always wanted to make cartoons and we've always been inspired by cartoons. Like South Park was our favorite show growing up. We love South Park, Family Guy, American Dad, all those, you know, staple cartoons, even the Simpsons. You know, whenever I was a little, little kid, you know, I remember being like three, four, five years old and it was a big deal. You know, we're like, Simpsons are getting on the couch. You know, how are they going to get on the couch different this week? So it's mm-hmm. kind of always been, you know, in the back of our minds and, so Trent, can we, I pause you? Let me yeah, pause yeah, absolutely. For one second, this because it this brings a a little focal point. I want to highlight. So, as you mm-hmm. were a financial advisor, you made that decision to step away from your job and to follow your creative insights. If you could put it down to say two questions that comes to mind that helped you made your decision to walk away from their life and start your passion, what could mm-hmm. you what could you think of? Yeah, so the biggest thing I was asking myself was, you know, do you want to love your job or like your job? That and that, and that was it. You know, the, the the saying, what's the old saying? If if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And what I was doing felt like work and I didn't like it. So I literally was just, you know, if I would have put all the time and dedication and energy that I put into cartoons, if I would have done that and put it into my job as a financial advisor, I'd probably be making half a million bucks a year right now. Like no joke. Mm -hmm. Um, But it would, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't do it for me. Like it just wouldn't. Um, So I, I have to have, I have to have both. I have to have a, a career that I love. I have to love what I do every day and, you know, have, have the, you know, be in a position to 
afford the lifestyle I want to live. And I'm not at that lifestyle yet. Like I live in LA and it's, it's not easy to, you know, get at, get to that point out here, but you know, we're, we're in a really good position and we're still, we're making those steps every day to make that happen. Um, and like, we've done some like great work with some great people, great companies. And like, we're really, you know, out here kind of making, making little waves before we can make these big waves. But yeah, so that, that's, that's the first question. And and the second one is, you know, I, I asked myself, I, I asked myself actually a lot trying to make this decision was, do you want to wake up when you're 50 years old and think, man, if I would have done this instead, mm, what, what could I have been? And, and, and that's how I've always thought about it. Like if, if I'm like, like the path that I took, I know for a fact, if I'm, if I wake up and I'm 50 years old, whatever, even if the cartoons doesn't work out if everything fails and implodes on us and we get kicked out of Hollywood, I can still wake up and be like, I'm glad I made that decision. I'm glad I didn't continue being a financial advisor and stick on that path, the corporate ladder path. And, you know, it was always just how, how, how am I going to make myself the happiest? What's going to make me the happiest? I guess that kind of combines the two questions mm-hmm. and the two questions combined are what's going to make me the happiest. And it, it wasn't sticking in the financial industry. So I had to I had to get out and I had to do what was best for me. I really liked it. And I just I wanted to highlight that because I know a lot of people are experiencing these thoughts of leaving their job and starting their business. And they they just don't know how to weigh out the potential good outcomes versus the potential bad. But really, when you look Mm -hmm. at it, what which should be most important to you? And that that comes down to are you do you want to be happy or do you just want to yeah. be making money and getting by and right just not right. there and and also I'll I'll say like a lot of people are in tougher positions than me because I don't have kids so I don't have other mouths to feed like it's I'm going to say if you don't have kids drop everything you're doing and chase your dreams whatever you think is going to make you the happiest drop everything and do that like everything is going to be fine you'll get overwhelmed but it'll be good for you things just seem to work out I don't know why, but they just do. As long as you keep pursuing your passion. Now, if you got kids, maybe I'm not in the position to tell you what to do because that's a whole other aspect of life that is incorporated into, you know, every every decision that you make. And but yeah, if you don't have kids, chase your dreams, whatever you think is going to make you the happiest, drop everything. Because like when you don't have kids to worry about, you don't have other mouths to feed. Like all you have to do is make sure your rent is paid. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> but don't worry, I'll I'll jump in on this yeah. one. I have kids. I I have a newborn and I'm also fathering two additional children and I'm going full time in school and I'm also doing podcasting, creating my content, following my dreams and it is mm-hmm. a pain in the ass. I barely get time <laughs> to journal, read or even go to the gym and that is motivation to me when I can get to the gym. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it all just comes down to planning. If you really want it, you'll sacrifice sleep to get what you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, yeah, yeah, that, that's for sure. And and the thing is like, I know I'm not in a position to tell people, but I, I, I see it every day. I see people who do have kids. I, I see people with more responsibilities than me doing more than me, making more things happen than me. So if, if those people can do it, I can do it. You can do it. Anyone can do it. It's just, you know, a matter of, you know, put, putting a plan in place and figuring out how, and, you know, whenever I was in college, I got, probably the best piece of advice I've ever received in my life. And that was think backwards. So figure out where you want to be. You have have to figure out where you want to go before you can figure out how to get there. And you got to figure out how to get there for, or I mean, where you're going first. So if you know where you're going, you can, you can think about the end point and then think about, okay, well, the, this is the end goal. So the point before this is this, and the point before this is this, and then this, it's like working through a maze backwards, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's hard to navigate whenever you're jumping into any business. When we decided to make cartoons, me and my brothers, and um, I have a brother, Devin also, who's also a part of Riot Comedy. Um, so when, you know, we all decided to kind of collectively make cartoons, we didn't know how to animate. We didn't know how to write shows. We didn't know how to write jokes. We knew how to be funny, but we didn't know how to structure jokes to hit hard mm-hmm. and, you know, bring out the best um, of the characters and this and that. And we literally, you know, we we bought some computers. Um, like we did, we didn't have these. These were the resources that you know I was talking about. Why we didn't consider doing live action and things like that. 
and this is this is part of it is that you you have to utilize your resources at hand and sometimes we don't have capital behind us sometimes we don't have whatever it is but you you're going to have time and energy and those are always going to be your best your best resources so we literally we started making cartoons we got a best buy credit card bought <laughs> like three computers to animate on that were like technically not even equipped to handle the output that we were doing out of them, but we pushed them anyway and just made it happen. And so we, we bought like $3,000 worth of computers. We stole the computer software. We pirated it from the internet. That's how we like started making YouTube stuff. And so we pirated this software because it was like, you know, like 12 or 1500 bucks a computer. And I think it was like 1200 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we didn't have another three grand, $3,600 to spend on that. So we just pirated it and we started making this cartoon on YouTube and it was so bad in the beginning. Like as soon as we were able to animate content, we did. And then we just figured it out. You know, the, the content got better. The animation got better. Um, the jokes got better. The writing got better. But you can see a, a drastic arc in, in our like quality of everything. And it's just, you know, the first episode is just everything is bad the writing's bad it's not funny the animation is absolutely atrocious mm-hmm. but then you know it just gets better and better and better and you know it, it got more popular and we caught the attention of comedy central and then you know we, we get a deal with comedy central and it wasn't a ton of money but it was way more than we were making on youtube and you know it enabled us to you know buy the real software we needed and actually do things legitly and then now you know we, we went from in a few years making content that was just basically unwatchable to tv quality Mm -hmm. content and that's just you know from just jumping into it and you know our our dream is to you know make make shows and write comedy and if 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 you have a dream then you'll figure out how to make it happen like we didn't like i said we didn't know how to write we didn't know how to animate we didn't know how to do anything Mm -hmm. We we just figured it out from putting it out and getting feedback from people and then you know we were lucky enough to work with Comedy Central and they they helped us take everything to a whole nother level. Like everything, our whole production quality just went through the roof. Our writing went through the roof because, you know, even, even after doing like a couple seasons of our show on YouTube and we made like 25 episodes, um, it was like, it was funny, but it wasn't good. You know, the storyline was just kind of, there were just so many holes and it needed to be worked. And so whenever we were around the people at Comedy Central that we were working with, it was such a great experience because they're like, okay, this needs to be done this way. This joke needs to be structured more like this. It'll hit harder. And the storyline needs to go from here to here to here. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and they're like literally kind of coaching us through this. And, you know, it was just a a matter of uh, us being persistent and, and actually like the way we got linked with Comedy Central was. Wait, wait, I want to, I want to, Pause on that. We'll, we'll hit. We'll hit on that here momentarily. Let's <laughs> let's, right, cool. let's rewind a little bit because I we have a, a piece of your content that we're going to play here in a little bit that will show everybody the end result. But I would like to try to p- continue to paint that picture because uh, mm-hmm. when you go back a little bit around, I'll say to twenty fifteen. Let's look at like where where do you get the inspiration to create this original humor cuz it's I feel like it's related to the area that the I'm real world. In. Yeah. <laughs> oh oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah, so we're originally from Missouri. Um Yes. And we we grew up like an hour and a half west of St. Louis small town. So so mm-hmm. the Missouri life kind of influenced our stuff a lot. Like there's even an episode on our YouTube series where like they're they're trying to go to the arch because they've never been and it was just like a bogus little episode at the beginning because we didn't know where to take stuff we're just like writing and trying to put stuff out just because mm-hmm. and, and try to learn and you know make, make our content better every time um but yeah so it's very very influential by the, the world that you're living in now that we used to live in mm-hmm. and the the real world definitely plays on everything you know and whenever we were doing the stuff on youtube um so so this is 2015 when we started and what was really dominating the news in the second half of 2015 was Bill Cosby. Uh, so yes. in, in the first season of The Lounge on YouTube, it's about, so The Lounge, let me t- tell you real quick. It's four guys that work at a school. So it's middle, it's, um, they work in a middle school. It's PE coach, counselor, bus driver, secretary. So none of them are actual teachers. So they just dick around in the lounge all day. <laughs> so they're on summer break from school. And after watching Wolf of Wall Street, they decide they want to try some quaaludes. So they're on a mission to get Quaaludes through the whole season. And it turns out that 
the only way to get him, you got to get him from Old Man Cosby. He's a drug kingpin in the show. <laughs> so the guys are like on this cross country tour to Hollywood trying to find Old Man Cosby. And then they eventually run into him, but things go awry and there's like a whole a whole issue of everything. And also while this is going on, you know, another breaking news story that year was um, El Chapo broke out of prison that year. So he breaks out of prison. And then like a few days later, we put him in the episode. He's hitchhiking in the middle of nowhere. And the guys are like mm-hmm. on the school bus going cross country and they pick him up. So we had some backstory to that. And Chapo also used to sell Quaaludes, but he sold them all to old man Cosby in the 80s because he didn't know they were going to quit making them become such a gold mine. So he's like down with the guys the rest of the way to go find old man Cosby and like settle a score. And it just turns into this whole like wacky, ridiculous, over the top story with these random dudes, Chapo Guzman and Bill Cosby in this like little mini drug feud. And um, so, yeah, just real life, man. And, (laughs) And then some of our characters are obviously, you know, inspired by, you know, a combination of people we know, relatives, um, Mm -hmm. old people that used to work at our school and just wherever we can draw inspiration from, you know, it's like there's inspiration everywhere. If you're looking for it, it's uh, it just it just jumps out at you. So let's go. Let's rewind a little bit more. Uh, I, I stumbled across a, a Q&A piece that was uh, published in 2017 by uh, mm-hmm. Vox magazine. And it was you and your brothers that were recreating your adolescent experience through the use of the main characters in each episode yeah 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 so it it definitely started that way and then and then the characters became their own people so like it's funny because in the lounge the pe coach was kind of based off of like our own father a little bit but also our pe coach when we were in high school and then like there's elements that we just kind of took from other people um whether they're on tv or people in our real life but yeah definitely and then like the so the original lounge um was originally pretty well based off a lot of our own school that we went to. Mm-hmm. And when we were concepting this, we, we made a pilot where the principal dies and he gets replaced by this woman who was actually based like very much off of our high school principal. Cause we didn't like her at all. <laughs> so we, we based this character off of our high school principal and then we're like, okay, this character actually sucks. <laughs> so we scrapped her, mm-hmm. kept the original principal. His name is Carl. And Carl is like not based off of anybody we know. He's just like he he's he's almost like Vladimir Putin in this sense that like he's got his hands in everything and he literally is like the richest man in the world, but no one knows about it. He does everything from like real estate to extortion, drug dealing, weapons dealing, stocks, <laughs> like everything you can name. And he, he does it. So he he his character was so strong we kept him in. So by the end of 20, uh, 2015, you realize when you – in order to get this show to take off, you brought everybody to a small theater in Columbia, uh, Forum 8. I think that's what it is. And yeah, you, yeah. you came to the realization that wasn't the greatest method to get on TV. At that point, how did you go from there? Well, I'll, I'll say like w- putting it in the cinema, it, it was a really cool experience and I'm glad we did it. It was, it was a ton of fun. We had like a ton of people show out. And so we rented out a movie theater for, we produced a 25 minute pilot and rented out the movie theater and got a lot of reviews. And it was also to get feedback and, you know, give these people who were supporting us a chance to kind of see what we'd been working on. And, um, but yeah, that, that wasn't the way to go. So after that, we immediately, <clears throat> started putting stuff on YouTube. So the theater was our very first project and YouTube came after that. We literally went from theater. And like you said, we kind of realized it wasn't the best way. So we're like, okay, we got to, we got to build some real buzz around this show and really get things going. So we started putting out episodes twice a week, every week on YouTube. And like that, that's a serious grind because animation is very time consuming. We were literally like, we were putting episodes, I think out on, I think Monday and Thursday, so let's say we, we put Monday's episode out that morning and then Monday's episode is out. We're literally writing on Thursday's episode. Now, as soon as this episode's out, we're writing the next one and then rewriting it and then rewriting it. And then 
do voiceovers and then take the voiceover, plug it in the animation software, build the animation around it and animate that and have all that done in three days. Oh, yes. Which is literally working on that nonstop. And then Thursday's episode comes out. We got to start writing Monday's episode because this thing's due in four days now. So that, and we literally did that for the second half of 2015. We did, we did two seasons. Um, Season two was like whenever Trump was campaigning in the primaries. And so he like comes to the, this small town to kit to do a little campaign rally, Mm -hmm. but he's also there to the, um, the PE coach and the bus driver live in this janky apartment building together and he owns it. So he's coming to tear it down and build a Trump tower there instead. So they got to figure out how to save their building because they can't afford to live in a Trump tower or anywhere else. Um, so it just turns into this whole thing. And then like Trump and the principal Carl, who's like, like I said, like the most powerful man in the world, they have this rivalry and butt heads cause they're both like rich assholes <laughs> and they treat other people like shit in the show. And it's just super funny. So yeah, so we literally for the whole second half of 2015, we were we were pumping out content nonstop, like literally nonstop. Like that was all we did the whole second half of 2015 was work on this, and you know that like really catapulted us into you know making the thing with Comedy Central happen, and then you know getting getting our name out there. So it put us in a position to work with these other you know these great companies, amazing people who could you know help us. elevate what we were already doing and take it to another level as far as like the quality of the content goes. How were you able to stay motivated producing that much content so frequently? Man, it's it's easy to get burnt out when you're doing that. Stay motivated. It was just like, I don't know if I even was motivated at the time. It was just a commitment. It was just something I committed myself to. So it just felt like anything, any other commitment, anything else that you're dedicated to, you know, um, it was, it was just, yeah, we, we have to put this episode out Monday and we have to put one out Thursday because we tell our fans that we do. So whenever you commit to something, you'll, you'll kind of do whatever it takes to make it happen. And yeah, because like they say, well, motivation is fleeting. You know, you got you to be mm-hmm. dedicated to it. Um, you can do and, and sometimes, yeah, you got to hype yourself up still, because even though you're dedicated, you still don't feel like doing anything. And honestly, I'd, I have a playlist of music. That is just like motivating music and music that, you know, gets my mind in the right place. And I, music is probably the biggest motivator for me. If I feel myself getting a little bit down, I'll, I'll uh, put, put on the right music. I listened to a lot of Nipsey Hussle. He was actually like a huge influence for me and in even deciding to make cartoons and pursue comedy and do the things that I'm doing now. Um, so his, his music is super motivating for me. I love listening to Drake, Jay-Z. And like I said, Drake, but I, I listen, you know, he's got a lot of like the heartbreak soft music, but he's got a lot of motivating music too. And that's mostly what I listen to of his. Um, yeah, I love, I love the hustler mentality, the hustler spirit and that, that go getter, let's make, make stuff happen attitude. And it was just, you know, like I said, I was just dedicated to it and still am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you gotta, you got you gotta figure out why you're doing it. So for me, it was like, why, why am I doing this? That, that'll keep you motivated. And, you know, do I would, you know, we were also like all bartending at the time where we were making these cartoons. And so it was like, okay, do I want to do this bartending thing forever? Or do I want to, you know, produce my own content and then, you know, eventually maybe have a show on TV and things like that. So, it was, you know, do you, do you want to, what, what kind of life do you want to live? If, if you want to live the life, if you really want the life that you're looking for, you better stay dedicated to this. Cause if you, you know, if you're not, then you're going to, you're going to stay still and no one has time for stillness. Have you ever uh, played a song on repeat? Like there's just one good song that you like. You play this song like over like 30 times. <laughs> there's probably a few. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm not the only one that does that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I got a few, man. I, I got a playlist. Like I was saying, the playlist that I put together, I put it together in 2015 and I still listen to it all the time now. Hell and yeah. there, there's a, there's a ton of, ton of songs on there that I, I'll, I'll be like, repeat just this one <laughs> this one only just put on repeat i'll listen to this one for the next hour while i work and make stuff happen look at it this is you submitting your deal to comedy central i would like to get some insight on what exactly happened and the outcome and then afterwards if you can share advice for content makers who want to level up their work in hopes of being recognized by a large business 
from your experience, mm-hmm. like what you yeah, think? Yeah, so our, our experience, so I want, I want to answer that that first part, or the, sure. the last part that you said first. I want to answer that first about the advice for other content creators. The advice I would say more than anything is work with people who are better, smarter, more experienced than you. Like uh, us working with Comedy Central, like we, we got, e- even the first year, the first year working with them, we worked with them for two years. The first year alone was like, like a four-year master class in college of you know how to how to make TV shows and do it right, and th- like working with Comedy Central elevated us so fast, so fast, and you know you don't have to work with Comedy Central. There, there's you know because that's not like an easy thing to happen <laughs> to make happen. You know, mm-hmm. so you can even find other YouTube creators, other people that are doing things that you want to do that you see their stuff and you're like that's good. I want to be more like them and maybe not like my content, like my voice, like theirs, but as far as like my quality and where, where they are at in their process, I want to be there. So re- reach out to people who are better than you, smarter than you and be humble enough to say, okay, I don't know what, what to do, or I don't, I don't know how to make this better. I don't know, you know, the next step. So reach, reach out to people and surround yourself with as many people that are better than you as possible. Now for how we happen to link up with comedy central it's kind of like a crazy story and it almost is kind of weird and doesn't really happen. But so there are ways to get in contact with people online. There, there's ways to dig up email addresses um, for executives at any company in the world. Um, a lot of those websites you have to pay for to get that information. Mm-hmm. Um but sometimes they'll give you like free trials, whatever. Like one of them is called Rocket Reach. And so Rocket Reach you can, they'll give you a trial. I think I haven't had an account on there for a while, but yeah, you can find pretty much anybody. And sometimes those email addresses are outdated and they haven't been, you know, properly kept up with, but you can find pretty much anybody damn near. Mm-hmm. And so basically, and also LinkedIn is a great tool. Yes. So the comedy central thing and some other networks too, but I'll say comedy central. Cause we actually ended up working with them. If you worked at comedy central in 2015, you got an email from us. Even if you didn't do stuff with TV or programming, if you were a secretary, if you were an assistant, if you worked in the accounting department, you got an email from us. <laughs> now, I'll say, when, when you're sending emails to people, and I'm not a pro at it, but my brother Dylan is a cold email master. Like he's, and this is from years of getting good at it. He didn't, you know, just like f- find this magic formula immediately. You know, as a lot of unanswered emails kind of change your tone on how how to figure out how to navigate this. But so, if you worked at Comedy Central, you got an email from us or a LinkedIn message, and, and it was just asking for advice. You know, don't ask, "Hey, we take a look at my project and see if it'll fit your network," or take a look and give me this or this or this. Like, don't ask for anything outside of advice because people are always willing to give advice and help. Yes. And that's how you kind of start start building that relationship. Is you know, just asking for advice. And, you know, trying to get any any valuable information you can without pegging and being like a pest. Um, so, yeah, we'd send all these messages to all these people at Comedy Central and just say, hey, do you mind taking a look at what we're doing? You know, maybe it, could, could you offer any advice on either like what you think about the content or what our next step should be in developing this? And, you know, whatever it is, just asking for advice. Nobody answered us. Nobody replied. Nobody. Wow. Nobody nobody and this is hundreds <laughs> of emails sent out nobody nobody replied and you have to realize that that's going to be a big part of the process is people are never going to reply especially when you're like just a nobody on youtube and you know these people are working at comedy central mm-hmm. which you know it, it's it's a lot easier to reach out to people who are a little bit above you and then you you know you level up a little bit reach out to people who are a little bit above you it's really hard to reach out to people that are already at the top when you're at the bottom yeah. but this is what happened. We started sending LinkedIn messages to people also, not just emails. So one person watched it and got back to us. And she was an assistant in the programming department. Just like she was like still at the level of getting coffee for people and just kind of helping where she was asked to help and do things like this and that. And but she watched it, thought it was hilarious, loved it, passed it on to her boss. That woman also loved it pass it on to her bosses and then they're like hey keep keep us in the loop let us know when you release episodes and this and that so we'd keep them in the loop we'd email them every time we dropped an episode um 
And then they were eventually like kind of interested in it and wanted to talk to us. So we just set up a Zoom with them. And then they're like, you all should come out here and, you know, meet us and this and that. Or I don't even think they even told us to. They were like, if if you all are ever out here, let us know. So we took that as, well, let's get our asses out there and meet these people face to face and, you know, take that relationship to the next level. So we flew out to L.A. January 2016, met with them, you know, hung out here for the weekend, flew home. A couple weeks later, we get a call. They're like, hey, we want to start developing this for our digital networks. Um and then that's how it went. It just got lucky enough that one person who was a lower level assistant just happened to watch it and she liked it and pass it on to someone else who liked it. And then, you know, a few months after that, we, uh, yeah, so January, met them, February, they called us, March, we had like our first episode out, March 18th, 2016. And then two months, two months later, we, we moved to Los Angeles. That is awesome. Like you just sending out messages after I would say 50 and I got nothing back. I would be like, <laughs> like, fuck. I'm it's hard. It's, it's, wrong. It, 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 absolutely. You, you just feel defeated. You're like, what, what, what am I doing wrong? Why are these people not answering? Why? I, they're not even like, not, not even like a, sorry, I don't have time for this. Not, not even mm-hmm. nothing. Just no reply. Um, but yeah, it's just being persistent, man. And, and that's what it takes. If you, if you want to do, anything that you know is like chasing your dream whatever it is you know you got to be persistent you're always going to find pitfalls and setbacks and whatever it is and people aren't going to respond the way you want or if they respond at all and it's just part of it and you Mm -hmm. just gotta that that's goes into that what i was saying about you got to stay dedicated because when you send out you know 50 messages on Monday and 50 messages on Tuesday and 50 on Wednesday and every day of the week and next week rolls around and your inbox is on zero, no replies. It's like, why am I wasting my time with this shit? And it's easy to feel like that and just stop. Um, But then you, you get, you get one reply finally. And someone's like, Hey, I kind of like this. Let me know when you're dropping more episodes. Then you're like, okay, maybe we got some, maybe, maybe we can keep sending these messages, but you got to, Stay, stay dedicated and realize what your goal is and why you're doing what you're doing. Otherwise it's easy, easy to have a whole mindset shift and just be like, fuck this anymore. I don't even want to, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. It only took yeah, just one to, for you to end up exactly. where you are in comedy central. Exactly. Now, if you can, you made your way into the door. Can you share mm-hmm. with us the process and what it was like working with them, but then also look at it, it wasn't, what you expected as far as giving your content over and then having them to start uh, distributed out, you had to readjust your sites on how a show should be played out appropriately. Absolutely. And that, that was the toughest part because honestly we, we thought, you know, going in that like, okay, well they, they want this. So it's obviously good. We know what we're doing. And then to have to have a complete reality check and be like, okay, we don't know what we're doing. Clearly we know how to be funny, but you know, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of, a little bit of ego tripping at the beginning, trying mm-hmm. to, you know, be like, why does it need to be like this? It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Like this is it's way funnier to do like this. Like we're just trying to make this funny. Like this is funnier this way. And they're like, okay, maybe, but it has to be done this way. Cause otherwise the story is no good. So you got to figure out how to make, make it funny and good stories. So figure that out. And like, they're, they're saying you're giving us guidance. They're not like being rude and like figure this out. I'm just kind of, you know, yeah, like the people we worked with were great. They were they were always super cool. They were they were never rude with us. like they were awesome. We're still cool with them, and they're like the two assistants we were working with at the time. They're actually like executives now at, at other networks. Wow. Um, so yeah, they they've moved up and done their thing. And um, but yeah, man, start starting that process was really tough. And also, you know, we were thinking like like it was our first show we made. So this was kind of our baby, you know, and you don't want people to like touch it and put Mm. their fingerprints all over it and whatever it is. So it was really tough for us to make that adjustment and be like, okay, well, clearly they know what they're talking about and clearly they know what they're doing. But you got, you got to kind of pick and choose your battles. Cause sometimes they'll be like, well, what if, what if we changed this character and did this with them instead? And you got to pick which battles you want to be like, you know, I like that idea. So let's do that. That's great. Or sometimes you're like, nah, that doesn't really fit the character. That's not what we're looking to do with this person, this, you know, this character in this show. And, you know, 
you don't, you don't want to cave on everything because then they're not going to really they, they don't respect it. And like I've heard them say that before that like they, you know, some things you want to, like I said, pick and choose your battles and mm-hmm. and realize that, you know, these these people are bringing an element of quality to your show and they're they're only trying to help. And they, they actually know what they're talking about. So that, that was the toughest transition for us was just lis- listening to other people about our, our baby. But now it's like, man, we're so open to collaboration. We're so, e- even now that we've been doing this for years and our content is like TV quality, we're still, you know, we're still reaching out to people and looking at people who are in better positions than us and people who have sold shows and worked on shows for years and be like, well, what do you think of this? What would you do? Do you have any advice? What should we change? And it's, it's always still, you know, you've, you got to, once you get past your ego and you can let go of your baby, then you can get into just a, a nonstop growth state. Yes, where you're you're just you're on a constant search for how to get better. Who 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 knows more than I do? How can I reach out to them? How can I contact them? How can I get their advice? How can I pick their brain? How can I what what can I give them? So this is like an equal exchange. What can I offer for them? Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to highlight become, something real quick. With yeah. what you said, with you had to. Looking back with your baby, you, you didn't want anybody to touch it. But in order mm. for it to become what it's supposed to become, you had to detach yourself from your work to allow you to see the bigger picture and where it's supposed to be and how it's supposed to be. And then you also mentioned with picking and choose your picking and choosing your battles on what you will allow and what you won't allow. And you're right, 100%. That applies to everything with uh, relationships. I mean, nobody yeah. would want to be with somebody if they get if they're a pushover. You got to stand up for what you believe in certain things, mm-hmm. and yeah. that applies with the business aspect. That that people will respect you as somebody who is in charge when there's certain things that you don't allow to occur. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just you know, it, it's it's a learning curve, and it wasn't easy at first. But yeah, like you said, once you can let go of it. And then you can just really, then that, that, that's when we had our biggest takeoff after that moment, there was like the, this whole shift over this course, a couple of days where we're kind of looking at things internally and talking about things. And then it's just like, okay, once, once you get over that ego hump, then like, then there's no limit on, on what you can do and you know, what, what you can make happen. But yeah, it's just that that's the thing. And and even now, like with, with everything that I do with the coffee, with the cartoons, with whatever it is I'm working on, it's who, who, who's smarter than me? Who can I put around that's smarter than me that has already done what I'm doing that I want to, you know, I, I want to mimic their moves and who, who can I learn from? And that, that's, that's the key is just constant learning and putting yourself in a position to be around people who know more than you do. So what about the music? Did, are you guys creating that yourself or are you, you have a musician the, the music at the, at the end or throughout the show at, at, at the at very the end. end yes yeah so that was actually my brother brandon my oldest brother makes music he raps and he's actually like super incredible um it's fantastic he, he goes by b hudson yeah it's b period hudson um but yeah he, he all the music at the end of our episodes were always him so like all of our stuff on youtube all of our comedy central episodes um was always his music and it was cool so also for people listening the best thing about that was so we started having my brother's music in the show on YouTube. So when we did the deal with Comedy Central, that was part of the deal was that our brother's music still goes in the show at the end and we got paid for that. We got paid for the music in there. Yeah, no, I like that. That so it was the lounge then real ballers. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then in between there we did like some stuff with um we animated a segment for I don't know if you've seen the All the Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson on Showtime basketball. Um super great podcast. I love it. And uh those dudes are super cool. We have a mutual friend who kind of set up that. Nice. So we were able to work with them. Uh, we did some animation on a handful of things for Kevin Hart's network. They were doing these um deaf comedy jam animated skits. And so we were animating that. And you know, we we've done like a like some other like small things here and there, but yeah, you know, all, all that just started from us just one day deciding let's make cartoons and taught ourselves how to animate. That's, and now we have like a huge catalog. We did like, I don't even know how many episodes of Real Ballers. It, there's, it's a lot. <laughs> I was going through it and like, holy yeah. cow. And it's it the, yeah. everything, like the graphics, everything is spectacular from you guys yeah, starting you. out from nothing to what you created. It's It's awesome. 
for those that are trying to improve their their game, whether it's in content creation, whether it's being a better parent, whatever the case may be, what is some good advice that you can give people and what is some bad advice people can avoid? What would you tell them? Uh, good, good advice. Um, I, I will say get your mind in the right state. That, that, that's the number one. Like you, you can have a good idea. You can have a plan. You can have this and that, but you, it takes, it takes your mind being in the right place to stick to the plan and to stay dedicated. And, you know, for everyone that may be different of what it looks like to get your mind in the right spot. For me, it's, it's a meditation music. Um, I, I do like Wim Hof breathing. I, I wake up at five in the morning every day and I, the first thing I do is meditate and then I do Wim Hof breathing. And then like I eat a little bit and then I hit the gym and then it's like eight 30 in the morning. And I've already done all the things that I have to do. Like yeah. those are like my non-negotiables. Right. So I used to work out in the afternoon, but things would pop up and sometimes mm-hmm. I'd have to miss a workout or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But when you do all your important things early in the morning, nothing is going to come up before 8 a.m. So, you know, th- those are like my things that I have to get done for my own mindset and they keep me motivated. Um, so yeah, for me, it's the gym, music, meditation, like those things keep my mind in the right spot. So whatever, whatever you have to do to keep your mind right, I'd I'd say that's, that's my advice. Keep, keep your mind right. Um, and I read a lot too. Um, so yeah, I read books. I love reading motivating books, self-help books, um, business books, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, keep, keep your mindset, focus on your mindset is the advice I'd say that I would give advice to avoid. Um, I would say don't take too much advice from anybody who hasn't done what you're trying to do and don't take any advice from anybody who never chased a dream. Like don't, don't take, and don't listen to people who don't maybe, maybe don't know what they're talking about. Like you hear all the time the saying is it takes money to make money. That's not true. It takes money to make money is something that people who never made any money said. (laughs) And like, I've seen it done. I've, I've seen, I've seen people, turn nothing into million dollar companies and with, with no capital behind them. I've seen it done. Um, you, you can, you can find thousands of examples of people who've done it. Um, so yeah, just don't, don't listen to people who, who haven't done what you're trying to do. And, you know, and sometimes they can offer good advice and maybe necessarily it's not like, so I'm doing cartoons. So I'm not saying I can't give advice to someone who wants to do music and to a larger degree, I can't when it comes to your craft, but as far as like the steps taken to get where you want to get, um, yeah, pay, pay attention to people who, who, who are doing things and the people who are doing things, take their advice. The people who aren't doing anything, the people who are just criticizing, everyone's going to tell you it can't be done. You know, a lot of people tell me that cartoons wasn't a great idea. I had people tell me the coffee was never going to take off because people don't want that. I, I had, I had, I had, a ton of people tell me this was never going to work. What do they know? Cause it took off faster than I thought it would. Like Mark Randolph is one of my favorite like CEOs that I see giving a lot of talks and being podcast guests and things like that. So Mark Randolph founded Netflix. He wrote a book called that will never work because everyone told him Netflix will never work. Mm-hmm. And look at Netflix now. So yeah, sometimes don't listen to anybody at all, even if they do know what they're doing. <laughs> if if you have a dream and someone gives you advice that contradicts what you're doing or gives you a bad feeling, don't pay attention to them, even if they do know what they're talking about, because it's it's your dream, and o- only you know your end goal. So, you know, take seek quality advice and just don't mm-hmm. don't pay take everything with a grain of salt as it is anyway. Mm-hmm. No, with this advice that I'm asking, it's it's to paint a universal perspective. I mean, it doesn't have to be just towards content creation. Everything connects to everything. And I definitely taken away a lot by what you just said. And I know somebody else will do the same. So I, I do appreciate that. Now, as we wrap things up, I, I want to just point out how people can get in contact with you and how to get more information on Korma and where they can go with first your social media they can go to you at instagram trenton hudson twitter trenton hudson and then with riot media of course uh, their website i think is down right now or will be uh i think it's down i think it's down for maintenance but it might be 
might have something there. Yes. Uh, but, uh, and, yeah, you can, you can, so it's, it's riotcomedy.com, but I think it's down. No, it's up. It's, it's just like not anything on there. Cause okay. we're kind of doing a whole rebrand of everything, but yeah, it's still riot comedy on Instagram. You can watch a ton of our episodes and stuff. You can reach out to us on there. If you have any questions, everyone, mm-hmm. any advice, um, hit up, hit up riot comedy or hit up my personal, uh, at Trent Hudson on Instagram. That's where I'm most active on social. I don't really do Twitter too much. And, um, yeah, I'm not really active in a ton of other places and I, I have, too many emails already to give out email and honestly if you hit me up on instagram and you want to know anything or want any advice or anything i will reply way faster on instagram than to any email anyway so um and then yeah the coffee is cormacafe.com it's cormacafe on instagram all our social handles is cormacafe um so yeah that's that's where you can find everything and, and our website cormacafe there's a ton of info on there about the health benefits um our, our little bit about our story and why we started um and then yeah you can check out check out the coffee and we also just introduced a new coffee scrub that's like super incredible so i I try to take like really good care of my skin and the coffee scrub is like the korma date coffee it's got hawaiian black lava salt in it with like activated charcoal it's great at removing toxins it's got a handful of natural oils in it um everything of korma is always all natural like we'll never add any artificial ingredients no fillers no if it's not good for you it'll never be in our products because everything that we make i stand behind and I started making the date or the coffee scrub for myself too. And then I'm like, man, people might want this. Um, but yeah, it's great. It stimulates natural collagen production, helps reduce wrinkles, um, has it, it delivers antioxidants to your skin, removes toxins with the charcoal, like everything in it is so good for you. And it's something that I've been using. And I'm like, man, uh, if other people want this, you know, I got that for you too. But yeah, every everything we have at Corman, like I, I stand behind it. it's stuff that I use myself. So we'll you'll never have to worry about our our brand integrity will never slip. So that's awesome. I didn't know about with the the skincare. That's that's a nice mm-hmm. shift in direction. That's very innovative. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's something new, and it's something that like like I said, I was making it for myself. I'm like, man, people might want this too because I started making the coffee for myself, and it turns out a bunch of people wanted it. So, and then also you have uh, two limited edition flavors that's going to be available November seventeenth, which is peppermint mocha and gingerbread. Uh, you're looking at the old website. Oh, uh, we're not okay. we're we're not going to do gingerbread this year because it okay. didn't sell that well. It, well, let, let's be real anyway. Like gingerbread is really just a wannabe pumpkin spice, so <laughs> so we're not going to do go. that this year. But we do have the pumpkin spice coming out. We haven't even announced it yet, but I'll tell you the day it's coming out. Uh, either the seventh or the fourteenth, one of those Tuesdays in September. Okay, the pumpkin spice will be out. And the pumpkin spice is awesome. It sold so well last year. It's so good. But um, yeah, Excellent. so that, that'll be out soon. Pumpkin spice season. I'm ready for it. I don't know if everyone else is. This is a basic white girl in me. I like pumpkin spice <laughs> coffee too. <laughs> so uh, if, if they were to go, if they were to go to your uh, the cormacaf.com, I've noticed uh, it's free shipping and first per- first purchase, you get twenty percent off discount for making up. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Every, everything is free shipping on there, and yeah, your first purchase you get twenty percent off. And then also, if if you love the coffee. Um, your best bet is to sign up for a subscription because we give you discounts on that too. Fantastic. I'll be sure to link everything in the show notes. Now, Trenton, do you have anything you would like to leave our audience with? Yeah, yeah, I do. I just want to say if, whatever, if, if you have a dream, just jump in. If, if you have something you want to do, just jump in. You'll figure it out. Like I didn't know how to make cartoons. I didn't know how to animate. I didn't know how to write jokes properly and scripts and and now like we make tv quality content when i started the coffee company i didn't know how to i didn't know anything about coffee i only even knew how to order like one drink at starbucks and i didn't know anything about different grind sizes i didn't know anything about literally nothing all i knew is if i jumped in here i I could i can figure it out and your your customers your client base they're always going to give you the feedback that you need to make things better so you know like this like this looks great now but this isn't the original packaging you can always you can always change anything the original packaging looked like this i've just bought like some janky coffee bags on amazon they didn't even have a seal at the top i got some stickers slapped them on here and i made like 50 of these in my kitchen at home and sold them and just took took that money and just put it back in everything else and now like Every, everything everything looks like this and you just figure it out as you went and yeah i didn't know anything about coffee at all i didn't know anything about date coffee all i knew was i like it and other people probably will too and then i just went from there and figured everything else as i went and 
customers would be like, is this good for this kind of brewing method? Like mocha pot. I didn't even know what a mocha pot was. Didn't even know it existed. So yeah, I just I'm like, well, this is an email. So luckily I'm not on the spot on the phone. I can just Google this real quick and give them the answer. And then, yeah, I just figured everything out as I went. And I, yeah, you'll just, so don't, don't let the, how many things there are to be done overwhelm you just jump in and you'll, you'll, you will figure it out. You just have to stay dedicated. So just jump in, whatever it is. Don't, don't let fear hold you back. Cause it, it, it'll cripple you. Agreed. No, I agree. That is fantastic. Just from where you've came from to now. It's it's inspirational because it it all it takes is just doing it and figuring out as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You'll figure it out. Another another piece of really good advice I got real quick. Whenever I was in college, I, I reached out to this guy who was um, worked in an ad agency, which is what I went to college for was advertising and public relations. And so I reached out to him, and you know he hits me back with this email. I just you know asked him a handful of questions because he came to speak in our class. So I reached out to him, like you gave a great speech. I loved what you said and, you know, kind of asked a couple questions. And then he replied, he gave me a long list of things. But the thing he said that really stuck out to me was overwhelm yourself. So overwhelm yes. yourself. He said, he said, overwhelm yourself. It'll be good for you. You'll be okay. And you'll be glad you did it. So don't, don't be afraid to overwhelm yourself. It makes you stronger and, no, nothing feels better as a human being than doing things that are hard that you have to overcome and work, work for a little bit. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, overwhelm that's yourself. fantastic advice. I, I, that's awesome. Well, Trenton, mm-hmm. I do appreciate you coming on your transformation station. Hey, I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right. You take care. Hey, you do the same. Appreciate you. You've been listening to your transformation station, rediscovering your true identity and purpose on this planet. We hope you enjoyed the show and we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information. In the meantime, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at YTS, the podcast. We'll be back soon. Until then, this is your transformation station signing off.